Sup, y'all. Sup, y'all. Welcome to another episode of We Don't Know Her. I'm Katie. And I'm Christy. And uh, we are having a bit of an emotional episode. <laughs> we're gonna. We're just going to get right into it. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've both, we're going to be talking about guilt today. And it's something that's been affecting Christy and I both in our own unique ways over the last week or so. I mean, really our whole lives, but particularly this week. And that's why we kind of wanted to dedicate this episode to that and dive in. I know that everybody experiences guilt in their own unique way. Um, and, you know, we're going to just kind of talk about our experiences with it. And it can be a really heavy emotional topic. So there might be a few tears this episode. So just maybe nah, buckle up, get some won't. tissues. Yeah, there won't be. I've never cried. I've actually never cried. You'd be surprised to find <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, I've never so shed weird. a tear. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, it's really weird. So, I mean, today could be the day, but it probably won't be. I mean, I already have cried today. Um, yes, but- I feel like as as your new friends, we just, we think that we should let you in on, on what just got us here to this recording. It was, this is our second time recording this episode. There were a bit of technical difficulties. We can just say it. Okay. (laughs) Might as well say it. Listen, the listeners are going to find out at some point or another. And we uh, do have to talk about things, supernaturals at some point. So basically what it comes down to is that whether it is me or luck of the draw, everywhere I've ever lived or worked is haunted. And I know that sounds like mm, it might- A little kooky. As I say, if you have a problem with everyone, the problem is you and I might be the problem. Um, so the whoever it is that resides in my current apartment now, um, they like to turn the lights on and off in our second bedroom, which we use as a closet slash, it's like a full room, not a closet, yeah. but we use it as a closet slash recording room. And- um, it usually doesn't do it in front of other people, but today it started really acting up and turning the lights on and off repeatedly while Christy and I were trying to record. And so, I saw it with my own two eyes, but that's we also have it on not video recording. Yeah, that's not the only thing that has happened. Which I I do wish that we got this this incident on camera because it was straight up. They were not trying to hide, but they yeah. they full on popped a wine stopper out of a bottle oh yeah that was two weeks ago two or three weeks ago while we in were front here. of us and um you know like literally we finished recording and christy and i were like wow that episode went great i'm i'm really happy with it and on cue a cork flew out of a wine bottle on my bar flew across the room like popped as if someone popped us. a bottle for us yeah truly so you know take that with you on your journey and decide how you feel about that but that is our truth yeah, and we're one gonna day. have like one day we'll do a ghost like because we'll we'll do a ghost episode. If you are somebody who's listening who knows me, you'll be like, yes, that is that. Katie's is got the good stuff. Good. She she has better experiences than I do, but I could yeah, that'll be a for another time. Yeah, another time. So we're shaking it off. We're moving on. Um, I'm getting it together, and we're going to dive into guilt. So yes. what has been, um, basically this what kind of spurred this is that I called Christy this week and I was like really overwhelmed because I've been feeling guilty in that I'm not um, performing the way that I think that I should in all areas of my life. I think that I could be doing more or should be doing more in terms of my job, uh, school, my relationship, my friendships, this podcast, all of the above. And it started to just overwhelm me and it got me thinking, you know, like, as we were talking that this is something that isn't actually just affecting me right now, but you were kind of sharing with me 
that you were feeling guilty a little bit this week as well. Um, Yeah. And it was, the timing was interesting because I think that you and I have both experienced a high level of guilt for most of our lives, even while we've been friends, it's, it's showed itself in different ways, which we'll talk about um, as far Mm -hmm. as how it may have unfolded in our relationships, our friendships, family, things like that. But for whatever reason this week, whether I'm just in general going through some type of mental fatigue or exhaustion or an emotional part, I I have no idea. But for whatever reason, there was just an incident that occurred. I wasn't directly involved in, but it was an interaction between people that stuck with me and my guilt then derived from feeling like I should have stuck up for this person Mm -hmm. more than I did. And it's that common feeling that everybody has when it's like, you know, I wish that I would have said this, done that in the moment. We all have those moments of feeling somewhat regretful or feeling like I, I, you know, why didn't I think of that in the moment? But it, it really upset me. And I think that just acknowledging the emotion that it made me feel and how emotional I got about it said to me that, you know, this is something that I want to talk about, we should talk about. And Mm -hmm. just going back to the timing of it all, you know, you and I, for the, you know, like we've said before, we are pretty good about managing our emotions on a regular basis, but every once in a while, there is something that kind of shakes us to our core and stirs up some really deep seated feelings. And, you know, you and I just happened to experience something the same week Um, although it was different forms of guilt, but it was still, you know, pertinent enough that it felt appropriate to talk about, because I think that you and I, we've never talked about this very much at all on our own, but it is something that we are aware of. And I think it's definitely worth diving into because I think, especially just as women in general, as a species, we are somewhat wired to naturally feel a sense of guilt, maybe more so it's, I just feel like it's more prevalent in women than it is in men. So before I go off on any tangents, you know, it's just, just to kind of give a backstory of, of how we got to today. Yeah. It's been something that's been affecting each of us. And I think that, you know, like I said, I think a lot of it right now is, you know, in all times when you're guilty, you feel that most times you, sh- you could have done more. You should could have done better. You should have done more um, or you let yourself or somebody else down. And I definitely, my guilt most often stems from not feeling that I necessarily let other people down. I'm worried about that. I don't want to let other people down, of course. But a lot of it is that I, I feel I'm letting myself down. I, I know that the people in my life because as we've discussed before, kind of about goals and stuff like that, like I was never raised with a lot of pressure on me to perform a certain way. Um, so my, my guilt is fully basically self-inflicted. I mean, I do, I will mention that I grew up Irish Catholic. So there's always a layer of guilt in that, like in your wiring very early on, you're taught to feel shame and ask for penance and ask for forgiveness, uh, even as a child. Like, and I remember that being super confusing for me. And I think I naturally did feel that way. And I felt really guilty about 
you know, I was really sensitive and I never wanted to, like I said, disappoint myself or break the rules or anything as a kid. And eventually after feeling so guilty, I think for most, you know, probably for most of my childhood, by the time I was maybe nine or 10, I started realizing like that this doesn't make sense to me. And like, I don't, when I felt guilty, I wasn't getting what I was seeking. So like I would feel guilty and I would want someone to make me feel better. And time and time again, whether it was my friends or my family, I wasn't being told like, it's okay. You didn't mess up. You're a good person. I was being told like, good, like you should. That's that's what happens when you fuck up and that's how you learn. And I just realized like, I don't really, I didn't, I, I stopped caring about, other people's expectations in that sense of like being good Catholic girl, being a good daughter, being good, whatever. But then I was, I started defining my own definition of what I wanted to be. And that's actually even more intense than any other expectation I think than anyone else ever put on me. Well, it's definitely a scary, a scary venture to really take a look at who you are and, and acknowledge who your authentic self is. Because I think that for most people, that's probably one of the scariest things they can ever do is show who they really are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a lot of people, I mean, us included, hence the podcast, some of them don't really know who they really are. And as they start to expose themselves little by little, as they are trying to figure that out, you hit some roadblocks and we, we tend to get our validation from the outside world, whether that's our friends, like our close friends, our close family or society or whatever, And if we don't get the ideal response or reaction from people when we do expose who we really are, depending on how resilient you are at that time in your life will determine if it scares you back into your hole of not Mm -hmm. wanting to be who you really are, or if it's something where you can take it and overcome it and move past it. But that is way easier said than done. And that takes, as we are experiencing now, just many, many years of practice and trial and error. But I think that just something I wanted to point out just before we go too deep into the episode is just that when we say guilt, we understand that, you know, by definition, it's a feeling of, you know, you did something wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's something that you did wrong and you're acknowledging it. But I think that guilt comes in many different forms and we are focusing more on the feeling of guilt when it comes to our feelings. It's not necessarily like we are continuously doing bad things to other people and we feel guilty about it. It's more so like stemming from us. I think that's that's the difference between guilt and remorse. Like, we There's, don't feel that we fucked up and did things wrong and that we're sorry for it. It's like an overwhelming pressure, like an underlying constant guilt. Of Well, if we were to actually do something wrong and, and really hurt somebody's feelings, of course, we would still also feel that form of guilt of like, damn, I really, I feel right. bad about that. You know, like I was just kind of saying more like that is not necessarily what this episode is going to be about. It's just going to be more about distorted thoughts of how we are perceiving other people and then kind of creating stories in our head to then feel guilty for something that didn't even really like that hasn't happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just to kind of clarify, 
why we are talking about that. That is just something that you and I have both carried for most of our lives. And for you, were you going to say something? No, I was just thinking like, it's, you know, I think in terms of like, this isn't to try to like, you know, make it clear, I guess it's not like when somebody, if it's not like when somebody cheats and they're like, right. you know, I feel really bad about it. How do I move forward? How do I make amends? How do I get through this? Right. Uh, like they do in like a 12 step program. You know, this type of guilt is not based on actions that we have done. This is guilt that has been wired into our brains over whatever years, reason through society, through our parents and having to work through that. And it, like I said, it doesn't come necessarily from an external force. Like I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have people telling me that I should be better or that I should want more. This is my brain. This is my own self. So, mm-hmm. uh, and it's about reaching a level of, of who it's about being the type of person that we each want to be. Not that we feel that we fucked up. It's that we feel that we hold ourselves to a really high standard. And with that guilt comes a lot of things. Like we've mentioned, can't say it enough. Christy's a people pleaser. I'm a perfectionist. We, our guilt centers right around those. Mm -hmm. Christy feels guilt. I won't speak for you, but for me, my guilt comes from wanting to be perfect in everything. And if I can't, I feel guilty. Mm -hmm. That is straight up. I don't know how else I could say it. You know, that's really the most clear way. So that's where this comes from. So if you, it's kind of like a a guilt for feeling innately who you are. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and feeling guilty about who you are. Yes. Or who, and, or who you're not or who you think that you should be for other people. Mm-hmm. And I will just quickly touch on the people-pleasing aspect of, of my guilt is that I I guess it's it's innately in me, but also it has also been bestowed upon me to be a caretaker mm-hmm. from a very young age. And I just, I do have a, a very natural tendency to feel like I want to take care of things, people, very nurturing, um, saving people, saving things. I mean, hence my career field, but also the relationships that I've been in. Um, So it's very evident in many aspects of my life as far as the caretaking role. And with that also does come high expectations of myself, not because other people have placed them on me, but I've placed them on myself. And that has unfolded throughout my life in ways that have been an a struggle because when you're feeling guilty, but you know, consciously that you didn't do anything wrong, mm-hmm. it, it, it just feels no way out. There's nothing you can do. Exactly. Then. There's no, it, it's suffocating. And if anything, the only thing that you feel like you can do is sometimes just sit down and cry because mm-hmm. you feel like you don't have any control. There's nothing that you can do to alleviate this because you're just stuck in a trap. So Again, just before I I go off on any long tangent, I wanted to kind of just come back to you because I know that you had mentioned that your guilt is more focused on yourself as far as um, your your perfectionism, but also that you could be doing more. Mm -hmm. You feel like you are capable of doing more. And when you don't do all of those things, you feel guilty. And... I know that you have briefly touched on this maybe in our body image episode about where you were before, especially with your, you had a blog and mm-hmm. with that, you know, you, you had a lot of validation from other people and 
now you're at a point in your life where you feel like I was able to do all of these things, all of these extracurricular activities on top of my responsibilities every day in my life. And because I'm not doing that now, I'm not doing good, basically. Right. So if you wanted to kind of talk on that and just kind of just bring it all full circle. Yeah. Like I think I, you know, there was points in my life where, like you said, I, I, there's a time in my life from, I guess, the age of maybe 24 to 26, I think that sounds right, um, where I ran a fitness blog, and I've mentioned that before on here. Um, it was successful in that, you know, back then, I, I didn't start it assuming that it would become anything. So I got 5,000 followers. And at the time that was a big following for me, you know, that was a big deal for, for not intentionally trying to get a following. And it also led me to believe that number one, I am interesting on the internet. Number two, that I, it comes naturally to me. So when I, you know, in that relates to directly running, I mean, can't be more candid here, but like running the social media for this very podcast, you know, like it's something that I'm like, I did it before I was able to, because like we said, our whole point of this podcast is to make a community and reach as many people as possible and relate to them to create a space where we are all it, all in this together. I won't sing it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so that's my goal. And, and I'm getting frustrated that I was able to do that before and I'm not able to, I shouldn't say not able to, I am being impatient with myself right now. And I... I just feel like at that point I was working 12 hours a day. I was running the blog. I was personal training people while in school and I was doing a lot and I was really happy and still going out and like having fun with my friends. Like Ricky and I, my husband and I were in a great point in our relationship. And I just don't know why I can't seem to check off all the boxes these days. Like I used to and be happy and energetic and fulfilled. And I feel, I feel guilt that I am not achieving everything enough. And then I feel guilt that I feel guilty mm -hmm. because that's not going to help. And then it just starts the shame spiral of like, I feel guilty because I should be doing this with ease in my mind I, or not with ease, but I, there has to be a better way. Number one, to manage my time and get everything done and, and achieve it the way I want to. But then I also feel guilty because it's like, these are my problems. Like, what am I talking about? Like, I should be so lucky to be like, oh, it's really hard for me to balance all of these amazing things that are going on in my life. Like, and then I start feeling guilty on the, it feels like I zoom out. And then I feel guilty about even living in America when other people like don't have the opportunity to have free speech or to speak on a podcast. You know what I mean? And then I start feeling guilty that I even think America is cool because America fucking sucks. Like it just goes and goes and goes. And that's when in the past I would have completely shut down and gone silent for maybe a week, maybe more than that. And just like kind of let it consume me and like get paralyzed with guilt and anxiety. But that's when I called you earlier in the week because, you know, like, like we said, this podcast isn't just about kind of understanding what's happening and what happened in your past and how you can fix that for the future, but also like growing and changing and, how to learn from the things that you've done in the past. So that's something that I would have done before. And now I know that when I start feeling really guilty or anxious like that, that I need to reach out to Christy or to talk to somebody um, before it 
consumes me. Yes. And so you feel long winded, I feel like, but no, I mean, I think that you explained it really well. And I think that there was a lot of, a lot of relatable feelings in that, because I'm sure there are a lot of people that also feel that way and go through that. And especially after the year that we've just had, right. you know, and I, I hate to, you know, constantly be referring to that, but because I do want this to be known that the things that we are going through and learning from, they are, they also extend past this global pandemic that we've unfortunately been enduring yeah. for over oh, yeah. a year. You know what I mean? But again, just considering the current times, it, it does make sense. All of these things still continue to make sense why they come up because although at a certain level, the world has kind of shut down in a way, it doesn't mean that all of our problems go away and it, it actually intensifies because we just have all of these external factors kind of having us feel a little bit trapped in a way. So you already feel trapped in your environment and now in your mind, it's even worse. So inevitably you're going to be fatigued mentally and emotionally. You're going to be exhausted and drained because you're constantly just at a high rate of anxiety and it, mm-hmm. you're exerting a lot of energy. So it's hard, but I think that with how far you've come and with the fact that you have gotten to a point where when you do start to feel overwhelmed like that, you're conscious enough to know what you're going through and what would help. Right. Like, for example, calling a friend or reaching out to a friend or a therapist or anybody that you have available. So that already is a good step. And not to say I want to make it, not to say I'm perfect on that, because I do want to at least like make it clear that I started feeling that way on Monday. I called Christy on Thursday. Friday. So it was literally last night. (laughs) What is today? Today's Saturday. It was yesterday. Um, What are days? We don't know. So I, yeah, like I literally have no idea what day or month or like year it is. Um, So it did, it did, I probably let it go on for too long. Um, but I was trying to work through it. And I Mm -hmm. thought that sometimes, you know, when you start feeling guilty like that, like I should do more, which I keep saying the guilt and anxiety, because I feel like they're two sides of like the same coin, you know, like they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's hard to tell where one ends and one begins sometimes. But when I start feeling that way, I know often that I need to like get active, start checking things off my list because the more that I, you know, the list could be four things, but if there's four things that I need to do, it becomes like a giant monster in my head of like, I'll never be able to. So I needed to just get things done. And I did, I, I told you, I did like nine hours of homework in those three or four days or whatever. And then like, I was feeling better, but then I noticed that once I kind of got my schoolwork under control, everything, all of the other guilt just felt even louder. Like it didn't make anything better. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also guilt that I, not only that I'm not doing enough, but that I feel like I should be, I'm getting frustrated because I feel like my guilt is taking away my joy where like normally when we are planning things out, we're talking things through for the episode or talking about the podcast or whatever, like I'm excited about it. I think it's fun. That's why we decided to do this. It's fun. But I don't have the energy, the mental capacity to do it, or I didn't this week. And it was really hard for me. Like we did it, obviously, you know, like it's not like I was like, can't buy, mm-hmm. I'll do it. But I, 
that's the frustrating thing is I'm here and yet I'm not capable of giving it my all. And that is really fucking annoying to me. Like I want to give it my all. So like right now, well, you know, I'll get into kind of like what my strategy, like what our strategies are going forward later. Um, but like where, so, I mean, I know that I have a whole lot of things going on in, in my life that I feel guilty about, but I think that they all are the same thing right now. I'm just feeling you're overwhelmed. I mean, you have a lot not on your at, plate. Yeah, not at my best. And that's, I think that the other thing about that is really just, um, again, we can go, we can elaborate more on this when we do start talking about our strategies or coping mechanisms. But something that you've told me in the past about anxiety that is really helpful is, um, you know, when you're feeling yourself spiraling like that is to keep yourself afloat by reminding yourself of factual information. Yeah. So just as a more general um, outlook, I guess you could just say that this week in particular, not a good week, wasn't a good week. It was very emotional, very intense, but every other week of the year, you know, you've been maintaining and thriving and doing well. And this week in particular just wasn't your best and that's totally fine. And I think that there does have to be a level of forgiveness to yourself, which I know can also be very hard, especially people like us who have been so hardened in a way where we constantly feel responsible. We constantly feel independent, self-sufficient, and we always have to be productive. And if we're not, then we're not doing enough or being good enough. But the one of the only ways to break that is to just give yourself some leeway. And because sometimes I think just telling yourself it's okay can be even hard to just forgive yourself completely, but at least just giving yourself some slack, you know, to acknowledge Which that. Which is hard. Like, and that's kind of, it's just, it's, it's hard. Cause it's like, that is, it's true. And off, like every time we say what the antidote to a feeling on here is, it's usually the opposite of what you're feeling. Right. So if you're feeling isolated, you need to reach out to people. So it's usually the thing that you want to do the least mm-hmm. is the thing that you need to do. So it's hard when you're feeling guilty and you feel like you're not giving enough. Right. And then to tell yourself what you need is a break and to do less is like counterproductive. Right. And I know that that's the case. And I really am. I'm doing that today, tonight into tomorrow, hopefully God willing, I'm, I am going to take a break, but, um, it, it is, it's difficult to have that patience with yourself when you are somebody who's frustrated that you're not doing more. Like I used to remember feeling that way when I was lifting, you know, like if there was a day that I was not, I know this sounds so dumb and like, I sound like such like a juice head bro, but like (laughs) when I was like squatting and I wasn't hitting the numbers that I wanted to, I knew that I had to take a day off because that means my muscles are fatigued and I need to give myself like a rest day and get back at it. And like right now, like if I, if I know I'm capable of doing it, I'm not doing it, then that means there's something wrong here. And that's what I feel like is happening where it's like, I know I can do this. I've done more than this at times in my life. I know that I have, I've handled more intense situations and I've, it's all about like kind of, you know, perspective. And I've said before, it leads into, I am super controlling and I like to be a perfectionist. I like to be good at everything. I like to be the person where you call me and you're like, what do I do? And I tell you exactly what to do. Like I know the steps exactly. Mm -hmm. And I, and that's, I, that's my 
joy in this life is yeah. to be a helper. Like that's what I do. So, and as for work, you know, I know I've said before, I work in real estate as a transaction coordinator. I don't know if it's not worth getting into. I do the paperwork. I do everything that a real estate agent does, but I don't make commission. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I do. I'm basically an agent. I just don't show houses. Um, so I do all of that you know, type of stuff. And right now I'm in a transition period where I'm one of the people I work for is in a new brokerage and I don't know the system and knowing that I'm not an expert and that I can't is just causes a lot of anxiety. You know, I want to be good at everything. And when I'm not, I feel like I'm just like falling apart. So I know that it's like, I need to take a break. It's just so hard to implement. Well, can you think of, it's hard, it's hard to put yourself in the mindset of, of a younger version of yourself because, you know, memories get distorted over time and all of that. But yeah. although you were still doing all of these things when you were in your mid twenties, you know, when you were doing the fitness blog and everything, mm-hmm. do you remember feeling happy? Like, were you happy even like with doing all of these things? Did it make you happy? Did it, did um, you get some type of validation from it that you are maybe holding on to and thinking that because you're not getting it right now that you're not doing good enough? I don't. So it's hard because I definitely do remember that time in my life with rose colored glasses. And it's that time period that I've referred to before when I say like my peak body, my ideal body, you know, it's, it's all that time period. It's a very particular set of years that I, definitely look at through a distorted lens. And I only, I do remember being very happy. Um, I remember, sure. I remember certain things about my life that I wasn't happy with, but I remember feeling happy. Um, whether that's real or not, I don't Mm -hmm. know, because at the same time, like I even say all the time that during that time period when I had I must not have been right. Because if it led to me having a mental breakdown, (laughs) right. I must not have been, but I felt that way. Um, so it's hard for me to really, like, I, I say all the time that I got stressed out and shut everything down. My husband says that I actually shut everything down and then had a mental breakdown. Like he remembers it differently than I do. So, and I don't know which of us is right. Um, but either way, I mean, you can say then that, although you were maybe what you would consider more productive, mm-hmm. it is a bit of a mind fuck because it was a younger version of yourself. And now that you're older, wiser, you have more Better. resources. <laughs> Katie, <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> God, I'm like trying to be like sentimental here. Um, but you know, you're older, wiser, and you have more resources, emotional wherewithal. So you th- you almost feel like you should, again, there's that word. Yeah. You should be able to do all of those things and more. Yeah. But what it comes down to is that it was a completely different version of yourself. We don't know her anymore. We have to leave her there. And (laughs) also too, is just while you were like that, that's when you had those unhealthy coping mechanisms of shutting down, shutting yourself out you know, not talking to anybody about it, letting it pile up on top of yourself. So although I was getting like blackout drunk, just drowning in a lot of liquor, a lot of drugs. I mean, it was, it was fun, but, (laughs) but it wasn't like, you know, I mean, we can leave it there, but, but the point is just that although you may have been more productive, but it didn't, 
come with all of the best things either. You know, it wasn't state. It wasn't stable, and it's not. It's not sustainable. You know, and that's. I'm definitely somebody who like has a real hard issue with sustainability. Like I said, like I remember this time, even though it's the time that led me to a mental breakdown. I remember mm-hmm. it as being ideal. Like there's just a part of me that um, it's comfortable. It's familiar. Yeah, and I and I think even though that right now I am stable and I think that there's, you know, there's a lot going on that I, I feel like I just, I should be, I should be happier and I should just be happier with everything that I have going on right now. There's a lot of good things in my life and um, that I just like, you know, some things I can't talk about, but like, I just, I should be more grateful. And that's what, is bothering me and like making me feel so guilty and like, but you know, I don't want to go on about me forever. Or, like, we'll come back to me at some point. <laughs> You're like, like, I would, but I can't. <laughs> I can't because, like, honestly, it's just. I know, know there's so. We said this was a really hefty episode. I mean, we really truly could go on for hours. It is, and you know what? Actually, there is something that this will segue into because something you feel too. We've both experienced this, but. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day where someone was talking about PTSD and I have PTSD and um, I was thinking about it and they were saying how, you know, about survivor's guilt because this person had been Mm. in an accident. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I, I've heard of that. Of course, everyone kind of knows about that, but there's also survivor's guilt when you are the person who survived and you know, other people who didn't. And that's a guilt that I feel all of the time is that I think with each happy milestone or each thing that, that comes, there's, this is where I'll get upset. There's a bunch of people that we know that will never get to reach those milestones. And um, I think that that's like that guilt of being like, Christy and I know, like, honestly, too many people that were our age that, that died. And, you know, there's, when you are somebody who knows somebody that you lost, that there is always a guilt of like, you catch yourself being happy. It could be 10 years, 15, 20 years later. And you're like, I shouldn't be happy. You know, like I still feel guilty and there is a sense. And I think that's maybe what's happening right now is that there's so many good things happening in my life that it's always a reminder of like, there's Mm -hmm. part of me that's like, you weren't, you're not supposed to be somebody. How could you be somebody who's gone through tragedies and lost people and things like that and have, you know, these things and then also be, um, and then not feel guilty. Like, I just, I don't know how I could, it it makes me feel crazy that I'm like, yeah, I'm happy right? that that I could be happy when it's like, you have, how could we, you know, like it starts to feel like I, I do feel guilty about it. Um, yeah. Grief is, Yes. I, I mean, I, I don't even know how to. Well, and we don't have to go like super. Cause you know, we will on another day, Christy and I will maybe we'll do an episode on grief because we have too much experience with it, but. But I, but everything that you just said, I think is, is something else that maybe is not talked about as much. And I think that the people who do share those feelings it is a very heavy burden and it's something that is not easy to cope with. And, you know, with the added layer of the loss and the death of these people with the guilt, 
there has to be some type of way to create space in yourself that allows you to remember those people and always appreciate them and carry their memories on. And it's an ongoing, I mean, it's just an ongoing process, you know, it's yeah. as far as creating that space because it is very heavy and yeah. we haven't really conquered the best way to cope with those feelings, but they are very yeah. real. And yeah, I don't think, we, I mean, unfortunately when it comes to that, uh, there, I don't know that there is much that can be done or any advice that can really be offered. Um, Christy and I both have experienced lot. We've lost people that we've known together. We lost people that we knew separately, um, throughout, you know, from 20, Young ages. 30, from 20 to 30, we lost, I, I would say, I would say from 17 to 30, I, we lost over 10 people that we knew. Mm -hmm. I would say that's a low number, maybe more than that. If I really sat and added them all up. Um, and it's, and that's, that's 10 people that we were pretty close to. And then there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that extend outside of that. And maybe the part of that is just where we're from. Part of it is just luck of the draw. I don't know. We talk about this. We were talking about this the other day that we don't know if maybe we lost all those people to prepare us, to bring us to this very podcast, to talk about all the things that we want to talk about, because we have experienced a lot. And, um, but that guilt, if you're somebody who's lost a parent, a friend, somebody you dated, a husband, a wife, a grandma, anyone, really mm -hmm. anyone that you, it's hard to continue on and not feel a, a part of you that is guilty mm -hmm. that either that they, that that person didn't get to experience what you experienced because they were died young or that you are, you catch yourself being happy and you feel that you shouldn't be, you should, you're, you feel that you should still be mourning and mm -hmm. grieving. Um, but I think that is just the thing that we've learned is that with grief, especially it does go on forever. It's, mm -hmm. it's not actually a thing that you go through. It is part of you. You are now somebody who lives with grief and mm -hmm. grief comes in sometimes not thinking about it all for years and then not, and then being able to think of nothing but that. And then other times being happy and other times being sad and remembering good times and bad times and anger and frustration and all of the things. So, but guilt is a major part of that. So if you're somebody who's lost someone, um, I know that people have said it to me and I don't know how much it's going to help anyone feel any better, but you definitely deserve to be happy and to yes. live. Um, it's, it's hard. And that's the thing is like, I know that now, you know, but the guilt is always there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it just is. it is. And I mean, like you said, it's something that you carry with you for your entire life. And anyone else who feels this way, you are definitely not alone. Especially right now with, you know, with COVID and so many people have lost so many. There's been so many people that have died that I think it's, there's a lot of guilt going on in terms of trying to even, even wishing for a normal life, like we said earlier, you know, like the guilt of everything. It's these, these feelings are things that I think we've both felt. I've always felt this way. I've always felt guilty for being privileged, for being more privileged than others, for having opportunities and wasting them or not being grateful or all of the things, but then it's extra compounded mm -hmm. on this year. And I think that another thing too, is that maybe, you know, like we said, we're going to keep probably touching on it because I think it's it's happening in real time. I personally can say that I felt, and this might sound dramatic, I I, I don't care. It's the truth. I felt that I was in a survival state throughout for the last four years five years now. Well, four years. No, four years. What year mm -hmm. are we? Okay. Four years. And 
now it's over. You know, not not that, but at the term of feeling that our country was being led by someone who legitimately was insane is is so unnerving every day. Like there are still so many problems in this country, but there are ones that I know we all knew about and we know need to be corrected. This was like a whole new thing. And I think that now it's like, we're taking a breath and I'm allowing myself to even feel guilt and feel all these things that I don't think I was feeling for the last however long. Like I don't think I was even allowing myself to really process it or, or feel anything about my own life because I was so worried about everything else going on. And now that that's not going on, I don't have an excuse. And I'm like, I better pull my shit together and, and, you know, put all of my effort back into it. I don't have an excuse as much anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, and now it's over. And like, so now what, now I got to get my shit together and try to well, recover. I mean, I think that we've always, we've talked about this even in our anger episode of when we have these feelings, whether it is guilt, anger, frustration, sadness, anything, you can take that and do something with it. Even the guilt that is tied with survivor's guilt and, you know, what can you do to honor this person's life or what can I do? I'm feeling really guilty about my privilege over the last, you know, however long and what can I do now to give back? Like thinking of ways that you can pay it forward, I think are really helpful and tangible ways of not disregarding the feeling of guilt, not, dismissing it or overlooking it or thinking that you can just not feel it anymore, but it is something that will help create that space of gratitude and love and giving yourself that, that allowance to sit with those feelings, but be productive with them. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah, I agree. So now that, I mean, you all know every single thing about me and my guilt. <laughs> um, I do want to touch on like, you've experienced some guilt this week and I don't know how much you want to go into it, but I do think that it's worthwhile, you know, talking about how, you know, guilt that you feel when for not involving yourself or involving yourself in somebody else's situation or somebody else's conversation, because that's really common. Although I'm not dealing with that this week. It's something I've definitely felt in the past. Well, my guilt is, I guess, codependent and my guilt is stemming from the codependency. So I constantly feel guilty and responsible for making sure that other people around me are taken care of, whether that's in a physical sense or an emotional sense. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I can't fulfill that or do what I think is necessary for that other person, I then feel guilty and I feel like I should be doing more to help them and to guide them in whatever way, not because I think that I know it all or that I know more than them, but because I relate to them in some way. And I'm, I also have that sense of helper, healthy helper Mm -hmm. in me that um, feels responsible. I just feel responsible to take care of those around me. And do you feel like they will be like that? that they will be disappointed in you or, or upset with you if you don't, or it's just that you feel that you should. In a way, I feel like maybe they would, it's less disappointment from them and more just my people pleasing of how can I be the best person for them? Basically, how can I be such a prominent figure in their life that was really helpful and really helps them get through 
whatever hardship they're going through. And I just get, and it, it comes from my sense of fulfillment for helping other people. It's not because of some type of complex again, where I need no, I totally attention. Get the exact same way, you know, like we're different in that, but that's pretty much what I was saying too. It's the same mm-hmm. thing where I just want to help. Yeah. It's, it's not because I need the accolades of like, right. you know, the attention on, on social media or whatever. It just, it's more so just like, I want to help these people and I feel like I really can. And if I don't, then I'm not doing enough and I should be doing more. So the incident that occurred this week, um, just remaining fairly vague, but giving everybody an idea of why it resonated with me so much is that every single day I do try to be very mindful of my codependency habits and when I'm feeling responsible for other people's feelings or trying to take control of a situation that I think that I should be involved in. But somebody who's very used to doing that, it's hard sometimes. And, you know, I work through this stuff every day, but the interaction that occurred this week was really upsetting to me because I felt as though I was an outside party. There were two other parties that were involved and I felt as though one of them, one party was getting taken advantage of. And I felt like they were also being disrespected. And I, knowing this person, she's a good person. She just didn't deserve to be spoken to in a certain way. And it really upset me because this other person I've just watched kind of get away with this type of behavior for a very long time and the aggressor yeah yes the antagonist who Mm -hmm. does it in a way that is trickery it's it's very calculated and it upset me because I just felt like I should have done more I felt like I should have stood up for this person more than I did and although they weren't asking me to and they didn't express any type of indication that they needed me to or they were disappointed that I didn't I just felt that on my own and you know, like I said, I, I experienced this type of stuff regularly on an everyday basis, but for whatever reason, this instant just really shook me because it happened right in front of my face. And it was just something that was blatantly not this person's fault. And it just, I just didn't care for it. You know, you and I, I think, I don't know if there's something cosmically going on in the air that maybe everybody is just at a heightened sense of emotion right now, but there is some type of reason why you and I both felt this intensely when we, mm-hmm. we normally are able to maintain pretty yeah. a, like a level head for the most part. So for whatever reason, it just really sparked a lot of old memories, old feelings that I felt before, because guilt is something that has been extremely prominent in my life. I guess it's my turn to cry because I'm feeling, I'm feeling flushed. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I've been talking about with my therapist since the beginning of time because, and I know where it stems from. I know that it stems from growing up. It was kind of said without saying it, but I was basically appointed to be, to have a certain role in the house, which was the caretaker, mm-hmm. the nurturer, the the second parent. And this is not by any means to blame anybody in my family for this. It's just how things worked out, but it did set me up for a lifetime of feeling responsible for taking care of other people. Mm -hmm. And I've then just felt 
like I've been living at this high standard of doing more. I should be visiting my family more. I should be taking care of them more. It weighs on me a lot. And it is probably the most difficult feeling that I've been working through these past decades because it feels like you're trapped. It truly feels like you have no way of making this situation better. And because of that, then you just become you know, overwhelmed with, with this guilt and kind of touching on the survivor's guilt that you were speaking about and just feeling guilty for being able to experience life events and milestones that these people didn't get to on the same token. I feel that way, even about like family members of mine who mm-hmm. are still living, but you know, it goes hand in hand same opportunities. They weren't given the same opportunities or they weren't able to, they didn't have the same resources that I do that I'm, I feel so fortunate to have is because it does feel like a privilege to me that I do have those things. So I think things like that are, you know, they might be a long-term struggle or lifelong struggle, but or conversation with yourself, but you are making progress in that you don't for years you did feel this guilt with your about your family in particular and not, you know, doing more or being more involved or whatever. And then you started. So you started reaching out more and you started having more communication and seeing them more and <clears throat> seeing your siblings more and doing all the things. So I think that that's the important thing is that like the, this overwhelming guilt is so normal and everyone has their own version of it and what they feel guilty about. Um, and there's, I think there's just multiple ways to to deal with it and to process it and to just kind of move forward with it and know that it's part of your life and that, but it's not, it doesn't have to just stay that way at that level. Like you can always try to do some things that might make you feel better about your guilt. Um, like you, like reaching out to your family, it's not going to make it go away, but it might actually help them and you. It's it's definitely, it's an evolution and it's a process that requires a lot of trial and error. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the guilt has predominantly been present in my feelings towards my family or like my family relationship. Um, but it's also for sure unfolded in my relationship. Mm-hmm. There was a very significant relationship in my life where, although it, I didn't go into the relationship conscious, consciously thinking I'm going to save this person or take care of them. But I was that person that was always attracted to the broken people, the people who had a lot of darkness in their past and, um, you know, needed to be taken care of. And that was super attractive to me at the time. And I was like, this is perfect. You know, it, it was just whatever magnetic energy I had in me that was, that was drawn towards people like that. It was the caretaker in me. And I was like, this is great. And then, the more I tried vigorously to fix and save this person and just solve all of their problems for them, it never worked. Mm -hmm. As everyone knows, you can't help people that don't want to help themselves. And when that goes on for so long, it was, I mean, I think that this feeling is related to guilt, but it, it felt like a failure. Like I just felt like I had failed at my task basically. So it's, it's well, lucid, because if your but, ultimate rule for yourself is that you need to be a caretaker and a helper and you don't fix someone, 
then of course that's going to trigger your guilt. Like mm-hmm. that is, you're either fixing someone and doing and being the caretaker, or you're going to feel guilty that you can't be. Mm-hmm. And there is a middle ground somewhere where it's like, sometimes people can't be fixed and that's okay. And it's not my fault. Yes. And getting to that level of awareness and acknowledgement and truly just having it resonate with you takes years because it took me a while to really fully accept that I could not fix or help this person. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then it carried on into other relationships. You know, I got into another super tumultuous relationship that I've spoken about before that was more recent and it was the same type of setup. You know, this person had all of this baggage and so did I, but I was more willing to put all of mine aside, all of my emotional needs aside, all of my baggage to the back burner because I wanted to help this person. Right. It's even with, um, with friends too. Like I've been, it, it wasn't so much that I wanted to fix or save my friends, but it was also just the guilt of like speaking up for myself because mm-hmm. we were friends with a person mutually that was extremely narcissistic and many other things. But, you know, my sense of guilt came in where it was like, I felt bad. Like, you notice how like a lot of girls say that, like, there's always this thing about like, we need to stop apologizing and saying sorry Mm -hmm. for things that we didn't do. There's also that, that phrase that is like, that we say a lot is like, I just feel bad because whatever, you know, whatever X, Y, Z. And that's the same thing as apologizing for things and things that you feel bad for that you didn't do what do I feel bad for because you exploded on me about something that you didn't like or because something didn't go your way, it's my fault. And now I feel bad for speaking up against you, you know? So it it comes in so many different little packages, but it's- And that's at the same time, like it was the same thing. I had that same feeling with that person and um, with the person who was our friend. And I really struggled with the guilt again for not speaking up for myself and standing up for myself. those same feelings that you have about not intervening on the conversation that mm-hmm. you witnessed this week uh, was how I felt all the time, except I was the person. I was that person that other people were probably looking at. Like I should say something. And the person is just what, like I'm the girl, you know, and you're just standing there letting it happen. And everything in your brain is like, say something, but you're trying to be logical. And you're like, mm, I don't know if that's a good idea. And you're like weighing all the pros and cons. And then it's like, and then you're like, well, I don't want to cause any more problems. So I'll wait. But then the guilt comes in because mm-hmm. it's like the next time it happens, you're like, I knew it. I knew I should have said something and it just keeps going. And, you know, and I'm sure that's why, you know, issue anything that went on with your family aside, that's probably why this conversation triggered you so much is that you witnessed conversations like that a lot between me and this girl and you weren't in a position to say anything and not that it's you should have, you weren't in a position to the same way as I wasn't in a position to stand up for myself. And I think that now you are so acutely aware of that, that, and the guilt that you felt for that very thing, that when you see those situations play out now, there's probably going to be something in you that feels like, oh my God, I have to say something like, Mm -hmm. not again, like not, I'm not letting this happen again. And the girl that you're speaking about, you know, is not unlike our friend that we had, you know? So it's like, when you see a bully, bullying someone yeah it's hard to not say something and mm-hmm. to and I struggle with that like I I'm the person who likely will say something mm-hmm. and then sometimes I'm like maybe I should have let them handle it on their own right and but that's hard and that's the other thing about it is that like 
you know, codependency is a very shaky ground because there does have to be a level of separating yourself from even the people that you think that you're helping. Mm-hmm. And that you're saving because then you start to take on the response or, you know, start to feel like you're taking the responsibility on for their happiness. And when you can't give that to them. And then also on the other side of it, when they don't do the things that you want them to do that, you know, are best for them. It just becomes this really blurry relationship where you do have to be able to discern where your place is. But most of the time guilt will follow. But this is the process that we are still going through today. And I mean, I guess the silver lining of having all of these feelings of guilt is that we know that we're not psychopaths or sociopathic. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I told are you this human week, souls. I, I did take a quiz that I'm, I'm pretty sure I am a narcissist. I, I'm a um, I'm a narcissist with like body dysmorphia disorder. So I don't know how that how that shakes out, but I don't believe myself to be a psychopath. So I do no. feel good about that. We're not maybe a lot of things, but we are not a bitch, a lover, a child, a mother. But mm. I'm not a mother, but I'm uh, not a narcissist or a psychopath either. So at least there's- Yeah. So there's, there's that. We can elaborate now on the techniques that we've used over the years, because again, like I've said, it's been very trial and error. So what has helped you cope or manage these feelings when they become overwhelming? Uh, like I said earlier, definitely reaching out or talking about it to someone. Um, and and knowing your audience, knowing what you, what are you looking for in that moment? Like I said earlier, sometimes you could have guilt and someone could say, yeah, good. Like, that's what you get. That's what you learn. And it's not necessarily meaning that those people have, you know, are trying to be mean or don't have your best interest at heart, but like, not everyone is going to give you what you want to hear or what you need to hear. So knowing that you're turning to the right person when you're in that mode and somebody that's not going to make you feel worse is important. Um, I think aside from that, like I said, being productive, checking things off a list is really important to me or like not even like getting things done, but like, let's say I'm feeling guilty that I'm overall slacking as a human, right? So I will send an email to my grandma. I will text my sister. I will follow up with Ricky. You know, like I'll start doing things to, to remind myself and to make sure I'm reaching out and being mm-hmm. a good person. Um, Cause sometimes I think you could feel guilty and maybe it's warranted, you know, and maybe sometimes it's not, and it's, it's hard to know. So better safe than sorry. And if you're feeling guilty that you're not doing enough for something, try. And if it's too much for you, then you can always back away. But I would always say, try to do something. Um, and, you know, in terms of kind of like the survivor's guilt of it all, I often think that I remind myself that, like I said, I believe that everything happens the way that it's meant to and the way that it was planned to and that I have to believe that. And I also know that me feeling guilty, it's very unlikely that anyone that I know that has passed would want me to feel guilty. I know that for a fact. And I know that I have to live for them, not in spite of them. Like I should live the best life possible in honor of them as opposed to wasting my own life just because they didn't get to have the things Mm -hmm. that they wanted to do. So I think that that is changing, you know, reframing the way that you see it, because it's always going to be that feeling like it's like a pang, you know what I mean? Like a pang of guilt, you know, like Mm -hmm. you feel it like a sharp thing that happens and then you have to be like, right. And that's okay. But 
I do have to keep living and I will keep living. And there is no point in me wasting my moments here that I do have just for this guilt um, that I'm feeling. And it's not a service, it's, it's a disservice to you and the person that you lost. So mm-hmm. I think all of those things, yeah, like connecting and then, um, and yeah, I mean, that's really kind of, those are all my real, like for guilt, those are, I think those are my go-tos right. overall. What, right. do you do? what are your tips? Well, I mean, first and foremost, just like most of our other life lessons, we've learned that a shift in your mindset is really where it starts mm-hmm. because I think that that is the root of everything. And um, <laughs> I guess I'm just going to sound like one of those motivational posters that I always talk about, but I do truly believe that your mind and your brain are the the strongest working muscle in your body. They have to be. Yeah. And I think that, isn't, that, isn't that like a fact? I mean, maybe, maybe. I I, so. Don't even get me started on the brain. But what I do, and there's so many, there's countless coping mechanisms that I wish that we could touch on, but maybe that's just my caretaking in me. But the ones that I personally use when I feel this way is I've gotten into the habit of literally having a conversation with myself. Sometimes I have to actually talk to myself, maybe not out loud, but in my head, I ask myself questions. I sit there and I try to take a look at the situation for what it is and then ask myself specific questions like, okay, what is it that you feel bad about right now? You feel bad that you haven't been reaching out to your friends as much as you feel like you should. And then you can kind of run down the list, kind of like what you said, as far as sometimes it's warranted. If you do feel guilty, like maybe I haven't reached out to these friends as often as I would have liked. So you can start by doing it, following through with what you say you want to do. Or when I start to feel bad about, like, for instance, the situation that I experienced this week that sparked all of this, asking myself, what am I actually responsible for? It is not any one of these people's feelings. I am not responsible for how they choose to handle these types of situations or, you know, make sure that this person is okay and taken care of and all of those things. So I do have to run down a list of specifics with myself of, really being realistic about like what my role is, you know, mm-hmm. and that is something that takes time to be able to acknowledge in yourself and being able to recognize when I'm being people pleasing. Am I just trying, like, what are, what's my motive? Do I want this person to like me more? Do I want them to think something of me that maybe I'm not really, you know, follow through accordingly with what will be authentic to myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, even with my family and stuff like that, I, and the feeling of guilt for taking care of them, I've learned over time through therapy and just mental exercise that although there are so many things that I wish I could do for them, I I just can't, they are out of my control. I cannot overwhelm and consume myself with the feeling of the worry of things that I can't control. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a really, it's a hard thing to learn, but it has really helped me a lot because it kind of keeps me on earth and reminds me that although you feel like you should, it's not your responsibility and you just physically cannot. Yeah. And I think another, uh, what can be helpful that I actually forgot is to kind of, and I think you've actually done this. I know you journal more, way more Sometimes. often. I, I like don't. Journal. I've kind of fallen off, but um, I, yeah. If you list 
it's kind of like, let's say you don't have somebody to talk to about it. And this is kind of what Christy and I do when we have a conversation about something like this. But if you can list out all of the things that you're feeling guilty about, like just keep writing until, until you can't think of anything else. And then number one, take a look at that and think if somebody were to say to you that they wanted to accomplish all of that, or they think they should be able to do all of that, does that sound realistic to you? Like, would you tell them like, that's way too much, like a human can't do that? Or does it look actually realistic? And you're like, maybe I am just having more anxiety than I am guilt about not accomplishing these things. Um, but the second thing is also just look at it and think like, do, yeah, like you said, like are all of these things that I'm feeling guilty for, are they A, even my responsibility? Do they even really, are they something that I should be doing for real that I'm not mm -hmm. doing? Mm -hmm. Or is it something that you feel? And I'm like, and then think about like, whose job maybe is that? Mm -hmm. And then like, is there somebody I can talk to? Like, is there something else I could do that, um, whether that's at work with a relationship with whatever, whoever, and if you're feeling, sometimes if you're feeling guilty about not bringing enough to a friendship, a relationship, a job, I, I think admitting that and saying that to the person is also really helpful because they can either let you know if that's true and you mm -hmm. do have reason to feel that way, maybe, or they can say absolutely not and kind of put your worries at ease and let mm -hmm. that guilt just go. Like just instead of sitting there wondering for two years, like, am I doing enough? You could just ask and then they'll let you know. Mm -hmm. And then that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there does have, there has to be a sense of, you know, putting yourself out there a little bit. You can't just expect everybody to read your thoughts, you know, yeah. and your feelings. So being open and, sometimes asking questions like that, although it may be a little uncomfortable and unconventional, I think that honestly, more people should be doing that. I, I, yeah, I, I wish that more people did it more often because I think that it would be extremely helpful. Because you and I were both feeling that way about the podcast. And then we were both easily like able to say to each other, well, I don't feel that you're not doing enough. Mm -hmm. And you said the same thing to me. And we're like, okay, so that guilt isn't real. Right. It's something that we're just placing on ourselves. And then there's other things that maybe I could say to Ricky, like I'm feeling guilty that I'm not participating enough with the house or doing like getting enough things done around here or whatever and he could say like yes that's true or again no it's not mm -hmm. so I think that's always helpful um were there any other tips that you have that you wanted to address not any that I feel like I have the right to speak on because I think like I said those two are the ones that I practice or I utilize every day or mm -hmm. most often right now so I mean if there is any other that any other techniques that come up where I have found that they work for me. I will certainly share them. Yeah. So I think, I mean, we hopefully by the next time that we record and the next time y'all hear us, we'll be, you know, maybe in a better state of mind. We need a reset and tomorrow is our reset day for both of us. So hopefully we'll come back, you know, fresh as a daisy, just, yeah, super, super fresh um, by the time you hear this. So we'll see, but um Let's head into our diamonds of the week. I feel like we need to get like a sound for diamonds. Dude. Okay. Do, when I, I literally was thinking the exact same thing on my drive home this morning from my mom's house. I thought I was like, there needs to be like a tune or like, yeah, like an a, introduction like a to it. Like a, a, a sound that sounds sparkly, something to yeah. lead us into it. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, see, this is, this is proof that Katie and I are typically on a weird otherworldly level of 
synchronicity. Yeah, we definitely, we usually think the same thing at the same time. Um, I don't understand. Weird. Um, all right, well, that's just, you guys just, like, like a little BTS <laughs> for y'all. Um, so if you hear a sound, you'll know that we've been considering that. But our diamonds of the week, so our bright spot in a dark week, um, what do you want to go first? What is your diamond? Okay, so my diamond is coming out of left field, straight out of who knows where, the internet. But so my diamond is Miley Cyrus. Okay. <laughs> Let me explain. Okay. Let me explain. So did you see the video of yep, of her running on the treadmill? Well, first I saw Lizzo's. I saw Lizzo's same, first same, and I same, watched same. hers in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like a lazy piece of shit. Uh, um, again, the guilt. Maybe kind of guilty. I mean, it was actually, I can say that it actually wasn't guilt. It was more so just like, wow, like I, I am we not stand. worthy. Yeah, I am not worthy of Lizzo and God she's, bless you. Queen, yeah. So that led me into then watching Miley's video of it. And because mm-hmm. I'm an emotional fuck and this week was high vibration. Oh, did, did we say high vibration? <laughs> Low vibration? <laughs> What's with the vibrations? I feel like I hear people say that and I don't know what is good and bad. You know what? We have we have some episodes coming up in the future that we will definitely dive into that. And I don't want to give it incorrect. It's too deep. It's too much for me to like, I want to make sure I thoroughly explain it. So I'm feeling emotional. What's high? Is okay. that high? Is that high? Again, it's- it doesn't work that way, but you know okay. what? We'll, we'll get into it another day. <laughs> okay. So I've been feeling some type of vibration. Um, <laughs> so I watched Miley's video in its entirety also. And so after she runs on the treadmill, that's, that's great. And then I watched her sing the song afterwards, like a different song afterwards. And it was mm-hmm. like bone chilling. Like it actually was like, it made me shed a few tears. I, I don't want to really expose myself too much with how emotional I really am, especially when it comes to music, which is also for a future episode. But when I think they know you're a number four on Enneagram and you're a cancer. I think it's pretty obvious how emotional you are. When it comes to music, I with certain types of music, I do. I feel it very deeply. And even as someone, you know, as mainstream as Miley Cyrus, whatever it is, what it is, but her performance was exceptional she's and really good she's she's very talented i i just didn't see i that just coming. I, I i know i told you left field straight out of left field but i it think is. the thing that i appreciate about about miley is just that she doesn't try to be she's just herself i mean she constantly reinvents herself i know that but i just don't feel like i get the vibe from her that she's trying to be anything that she's not no remember i told you this is and maybe this fell on deaf ears but now you're like a miley stan maybe you'll get it she is a number seven on the enneagram same number as me uh, she she does think she's being her real self. Yeah, she just changes her mind every other year and is like, "No, guys, for real, this is this me. is the real me." And I totally <laughs> get it because that's exactly what I do. So like, once I saw that, I was like, "Oh!" And she's just as outspoken. She's a very typical seven, like just does what they will and just who is who they are, and everyone else can fuck themselves. But she is, you know, how perfectionist how perfectionistic she is, and that she like wants to be super high achieving we'll get into you know we'll do it anyway well, that's why she did that's why she did the video is because yeah. she's like she in the video she's like i love this shit and the person mm-hmm. who's recording is like you're sick like you're a sick person for mm-hmm. saying that oh my god and then i, I got into a, like a very minor rabbit hole where i watched a video of her covering fade into you by nancy Stop. oh i've actually seen that video talk about emotional and i'm just like sitting here on my couch in the dark i'm just like this is beautiful honestly i listen to her song slide away like all the time. I don't well, know if you've ever heard. You definitely have heard it, but like it was 
it came out like two years ago or something like that. It was like right when she, or maybe a year ago, when she um, ended her marriage with uh, Liam Nathan. Oh wait, Liam. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> Liam I knew Hemsworth. his. I knew his name. I don't know why Nathan sounded so natural. I was like, oh, Nathan Hemsworth, right? His- it's a really good song though, and I listen to that um, every time Ricky and I fight. I was like, watch your slide away. <laughs> I really go full Miley. Um, this is a, this is now a Miley podcast. <laughs> I know we're a Miley stand podcast. Um, so my, is there, uh, well, let me, don't want to cut you off. Is no, I, I won't. Want to say about Miley? I cannot digress any further. So okay. please take it away. Um, so my, my diamond is about six years late. But I just got to the second season of Shifts Creek and mm. my like Ricky and I are just super into it. Um, mm-hmm. And even more so that if, for anyone, any of you, uh, what do we call shit, shitheads? Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could um, feel that for us. Um, I don't know if that's actually what the fans are called, but if they're not, like that's a crime. Like that's <laughs> obviously a name that should be. Um, I am definitely Moira Rose. Like, it, like if, yeah. if, if I had been given that life and no self-aware, like if I had never met anyone that gave me any self-awareness or anything, like I could easily have become her. Um, especially the episode where she's like, can't anyone find naked nudes of me on the internet? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, how dare you? And she starts like telling everyone they better take naked photos of themselves now. And she's like, or one day your kids will try to find you naked on the internet <laughs> and they won't be able to, and it will be sad for everyone. <laughs> well, I was like, that's, you know, that's how I feel. I should Catherine- put my little nudes up. What's her name? Catherine O'Hara. Is that her mm-hmm. name? Yeah. I mean, she, she, you are her. You've been her since she yeah, was her in McAllister. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is totally our Catherine here as well. Oh my God. I just, the show is just, is so good. And um, I'm actually surprised you guys haven't started watching it sooner because it is like, and everyone's told me that it's hilarious. It, it does make a lot of sense that you and Ricky are like, into it now because it's I know you. I just like well you know how it is I'm I can't watch every something that You're everyone is into yeah? yeah like I I need like if I had gotten into it before it was super big then it's really fine like I don't mind but I wasn't one of the first people watching it and then by then it was so out of control so now that it's over I can start and like I've we're already I think we're in the second season maybe we're in the third I really don't know because you know how it is on Netflix it just keeps going who yeah. knows yeah you don't even know when a season ends you have no idea um so yeah that's my diamond it's bringing me a lot of joy I'm loving it um yeah I really don't have Thank good things to say about it um so with that being said uh if y'all want to reach out to us this week and let us know what your diamonds are or if you want to talk about your guilt um how you've processed it if any of this related to you that would be great any feedback that anyone can provide we're always kind of looking to see like what do you guys want to hear from us what can we help with um like we said can't stress enough we're here to help so <laughs> you could if you didn't DM know. us you could dm us at we don't know her pod uh you could also email us at we don't know her pod at gmail.com and, and- you can. <laughs> this is Katie's favorite part. You can also subscribe and rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Really anywhere that you listen to podcasts. I mean, there's so many, many of them, platforms yeah, now. Sure. So, so subscribe. We we're here every Wednesday with a new episode, and hopefully, bringing you guys some good information and maybe sparking some conversation amongst your own group of friends that yeah, that would be cool. Didn't talk about before. So. 
feel free to share, reach out to us, and we will see you on the next one. All right. Peace. Bye.